0: what it do what it do guys it's the anthony here man aka hood scout back again for another edition of the hood scout podcast and this is really a unique podcast a podcast like no other we're going to have athletes we're going to have coaches we're going to have intellectuals we're going to have media members of all sorts and don't forget guys to like this podcast share this podcast and help grow this podcast this is not just my podcast this is also your podcast. And the only reason it's going to grow is because you guys are going to be invested in it, guys. Sit back. Get your beverage of choice ready. Get your popcorn ready. Get your dinner ready. Get your steak ready. Get your vegan meal ready. Tune in, guys. Hood Scout. Peace.
1: Coach Tugger believes in the development of the holistic student-athlete. I know that because he said it. Uh, He talks about the 360-degree student-athlete on and off the field, and he knows that off-the-field success is going to directly correlate to on-the-field success. With him, he actually says, okay, we have to do these programs, and they have to make sense. So that's part of what I focus on, trying to bring things into the fold that do make sense. At the end of the day, what we always want you all to do is know about opportunities that are out there.
0: Hey, what it do, guys? What it do? Welcome back to another edition of the Hood Scout Podcast. Today, like I always say what I mean, I got another great guest, a young man that's rising in his profession. And uh, without further ado, Coach, tell the people who you are and uh, where you're from. How's everybody
1: doing? Thanks for having me on, first and foremost. My uh, name is Darian Harris, Director of Play Relations and Program Advancement of Michigan State Football. Uh, originally born in Washington, D.C., raised in Silver Spring, Maryland. I uh, went to the Math Catholic High School on the East Coast. Uh, before coming to Michigan State to to be a student athlete, um, and now back home in East Lansing, uh, working under Mel Tucker with the football
0: program. To Coach, y'all are y'all are, I I always like to chop it up and start at the beginning, which I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that right now. But I just gotta say, y'all are building this thing like this is outside of view, like a Fortune 500 company. Uh, you know, I see the videos, I see the staff, I see the meetings. I'm like, y'all are building that thing. I want to start at the beginning, but just speaking to a little bit of what y'all building. Like, it seems very big in scope.
1: It is. It is. I mean, Coach Tucker's a visionary. Uh, You know, he he is somebody that is dialed in with how to take a program from year one, which he's been a part of in a a lot of different places, to a championship caliber program. Uh, So he is, of course, our CEO. Uh, and, And from that, we've been able to to really build out the program, build out this organization, in a way that, first and foremost, benefits the student athletes, um, allows them to have an unforgettable experience as a Spartan, uh, become a Spartan dog for life, as we love to say, um, but also encapsulates everything that the university has to offer, uh, everything that Michigan State stands for. Uh, you know, bringing in, of course, our fan base, um, our alumni base, the rest of our college, the academia side of things. Uh, you know, into this big conglomerate that is Michigan State football, um, which leads to, again, a lot of the success that you, you've seen from our program, both on and off the field. So it's been uh, been a, a pleasure and a dream come true for me to be a part of it, uh, going from being a, a student athlete in Michigan State, being being a football player here to now coming full circle, being able to now service um, the current student athletes that we have.
0: And I want as we as we go through this interview, I want to pick at that because that's just really impressive. But like I said, I got to start at the beginning to know who you are. Talk to me about your journey. You know, how was it growing up? What was that that family life and that first introduction into ball for you?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, i best blessed and fortunate to, to have both my parents. Um, and, and they pushed me to be great, but they allowed me to carve my own path. So, um, you know, my dad played collegiately at Virginia Tech, so he knew the. the wow. The, the way that the recruiting process goes and, um, you know, what it takes to get to this level. Um, you know, my mom is a, a, currently a lawyer at the Department of Education. I uh, went to William & Mary for undergrad and Penn for law school. Uh, my younger brother um, is, is recently graduated from Yale um, and went a different different direction away from, away from sports, more to the theater side of things. So, um, yeah, my, my, my family, you know, we all pushed each other to just carve out our own path. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, kind of infamously tried to go out there and play football as a, as a second grader and ran off the field crying. Cause I said, this wasn't for me. Um, <laughs> rediscovered it, uh, when I was 11 in sixth grade, kind of just started to get a little bit, a little bit better in seventh grade. And by eighth grade, I took off, um, you know, had an opportunity again to play at the Catholic high school in Hyattsville, Maryland, um, pretty big powerhouse in terms of the, the, uh, the landscape of, of high school athletics. Um, you know, good uh, was able to, again, have a good career there, got recruited, um, fell in love with everything Michigan State had to offer, and that landed me in East Lansing. Um, you know, and then from there, um, wanted to, of course, choose a school that that was going to be high on the academic side as well as the athletic side, and Michigan State was the best fit for me. Um, you know, graduated undergrad in journalism. Um, you know, uh, was able to play four years in Michigan State. Uh, started for two, was a captain my senior year. Um, they would have to win two Big Ten titles, play in the college football playoffs, win a Rose Bowl, um, did everything I wanted to do at a collegiate level, got an opportunity with the Cincinnati Bengals after that, then went to the CFL um, for a couple years, tore my hamstring two years in a row, and that's when I decided, all right, it's time to be done playing. I um, was trying to move on to what's next. So um, I think as we know, that, that's a hard transition to make, but it was a decision that I knew I had to make at, at that time.
0: We got, we got to pick at that, Coach, because you said a whole lot in a very short period of time. <laughs> Um. Now, now, what what is it like growing up in that Maryland area? I'm a kid from Texas, so really Dallas specifically. So it's kind of a big city. Is is Maryland kind of a is that is that like a city area? Is more like country area? How, how, what's what's the demographics? Not not the racial demographics, but yeah, demographics sure. in general.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely more city. Um, you know, we okay. call it DMV, so DC, Maryland, Virginia. It's kind of all encompassed to one big area. Um, so definitely, you know, you think Washington DC. Um, you know, pretty big city. Um, you know, Silver Spring, Maryland w- was was more of a, of a suburb, um, you know, with a downtown area. Um, but when you start branching out and, and basically the way that my high school conference was uh, kind of kind of the way that 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 is shaped. Everybody from every school in the conference was was pretty much really close. So, you know, you may be going city to city, place to place, you know, to hang out and do different things. So it felt pretty big. You know, it felt pretty big. Um, so I always say that, I'm you know, I'm from from the big city um, is how I okay. felt um you know coming to east lansing which is more of a of a college town um you know it was actually kind of a slower pace than it was for me i'd say growing up
0: talk to me a little bit about this coach what, what lessons did you learn in high school and what was that recruiting process like when you were making that journey to michigan state you know were there other schools looking at you what drew you specifically to michigan state
1: yeah i mean i said lessons i learned you know coming from my high school specifically was was lessons of patience um i think uh um you know, a, a lot of times and, and especially when you're, you know, a, a good athlete or really in any field, you know, you want things right away. Uh, and I think that the, the 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 beauty of going to a school like Damatha is it, it, it has a college feel. You know, everybody's good. You know, it's a it's a it's a private Catholic school so they can recruit. So I was recruited out of eighth grade to go there, um, wow. which means that uh, so was everybody else <laughs> pretty much. So you're not going to walk through the door and then be a a starter on varsity as a freshman. Matter of fact, we weren't Mm -hmm. even allowed to play varsity as freshmen um, or JV. We had to play on the freshman team as freshmen. And then, you know, as a sophomore, I I was able to jump to varsity, but I was, you know, I rode the bench, you know, for the majority of my sophomore year, um, you know, playing in spot duty um, or playing when we were up by a lot of points. Um, And again, when you you think of of, uh, especially power five division one players, usually they're they're on varsity as freshmen and they're starting by their sophomore year. Um, mm-hmm. so I was became a starter in my junior year. Um, actually lost my spot after the first couple games, had to earn it back. Um mm. and and then that kind of propelled me into, into my senior year, um, where I actually ended up only playing offense and, and no defense. Um, ironically, even though I played linebacker in, in in college and in the pros. So was it a running back? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Hey, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Stuff, coach. What is that? Re- and not because I know Cali. And see, this is a fascinating down here in Texas. Private schools are not really the thing. Right. Uh, it's, it's, it's all public, even though the public schools do recruit locally, though. Nobody wants to admit it. But I know uh, East Coast, especially California, yeah. is, is private. How does that how does that work as far as that recruiting? Is it do you get like a letter? Do you get a, something saying you're accepted into the school? How does that work?
1: Yeah, so we 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 basically go on recruiting visits. Uh, they're called shadow visits. Uh, so you you they they pair you up with somebody in at the school, usually another football player, and you go around and shadow them for a day. Um, so I shadowed at a few schools in in the conference, WCAC conference, and uh, essentially, if they're if they're recruiting you to get in there, you're you're, you're pretty much going to get in. Now there are some academic qualifications you have to meet, um, especially at a place like Damantha. It is a high high level academic school, um, but yeah, I mean I think once you decide to go, then it's just the application process and they they declare that you've been accepted. Um but yeah, for me, you know, eighth grade, I, I had a, you know, a pretty big game, um, you know, 250, 300 yard rushing game against a team that had a coach who actually also coached at Dematha. And so that's how I kind of got on their radar. And then from there, you know, it kind of went from there. I, I didn't have DeMatha or any private school on my radar prior to that. I was going to go the public school route um, stay locally, you know, go where my friends were going. Um, cause I was, I was public school from, you know, preschool to through eighth grade. Um, and so it's definitely, you know, there's benefits, uh, to, to going, but also, you know, uh, I think that there's also you know, some disadvantages, um, with not staying around going to public school. Um, so, and I always say you can get recruited from everywhere, you know, you don't have to go to a, to a, to a powerhouse to get recruited. You, if you're good, they're going to find you.
0: Yeah, good stuff, man, good stuff. I'm loving this so far. So let, let, let's talk about that recruitment um, to Michigan State, you know, coming out as a, as a high schooler.
1: Yeah, so, you know, my, my first offer was uh, actually as a sophomore, before I had even really played, I went to campus Syracuse. And uh, I guess I performed well enough to get an offer. So, you know, the thing about recruiting, and I, I think a lot of, uh, you know, High school kids now could probably attest to this. Every time you get a new offer, you say you're going to that school because you're just so excited. <laughs> so, you know, I was like, all right, I'm going to Syracuse and it's, let's shut it down now. And, and you <laughs> know, I, so like there's going to be more coming. Let's just slow down. Um, yeah. So by the time my junior year ended, got the film out there and, um, you know, there was there was no huddle back in the day. It was all, you know, YouTube was was how we got film around. Um, and I'm sure even that was kind of new to the fold, um, even though it wasn't that long ago. Um, you know, some offers started rolling in. Um, so, you know, Illinois, Kansas, Purdue, Vanderbilt, central Florida, um, you know, Duke, um, Virginia, Michigan state, of course. Um, and so then I kind of narrow it down, uh, went, went on some visits, uh, unofficial visits, um, and, and kind of came down to, to, to Michigan state and Duke, you know, just based on the academic prowess, you know, again, okay. that's really big for my family. And, uh, Wanted to go to somewhere that that met both of those, you know, qualifications in our eyes. Um, and when it came down to it, Michigan State, from everything they had to offer, from the of course of academic standpoint, high level football playing in the Big Ten, the family atmosphere, the brotherhood, the camaraderie, and what they were building under Coach Dantonio, they, they hadn't won a championship yet uh, under Coach D, uh, mm-hmm. but we could see that it was building. So we we all in my class, which ended up being the winningest senior class of all time, still is. We committed off of, uh, you know, uh, uh, opportunity to do something great at Michigan State, which ultimately we were able to do.
0: What were like and it's very fascinating with, with this education piece, because, you know, you think of Duke as a, a very academic school. I'm not sure their record back then. Uh, I know they kind of fluctuate. Um, what were you specifically looking for as a young man coming out of high school? Was it just academics or were there some other things as well? <clears throat>
1: Well, obviously it was an opportunity to play in national football league. You know, that, that was, that was the ultimate dream. Um, but you know, again, we, we wanted to be multiple. Uh, we wanted to be able to to make sure that I got the, the full collegiate experience, which of course included getting a, um, you know, a high level degree, um, networking, you know, creating a, a, a ecosystem of folks that I could always lean on, um, both within the football program and outside of it. Um, and Duke had all of that for sure. You know, what, what Coach Cutcliffe was building down there was was excellent. Um, you know, a, a, a classmate of mine in DeMatha, Quinn Cook, was headed down there to play basketball, of course, and ultimately the oh, wow. championship uh, winner as a captain down at, at Duke. So, um, you know, they, they of course, were, were building something really strong there. Um, I just felt a connection on the Michigan State, and, and mainly just for the players that were on the current team, you know. Um that that's you know back in back then you know 2010 2011 that's what it was about you know you're committing off of the fact of your education opportunity to making the national football league be developed as a football player and as a man and to create a network. Um, lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Ah ha! In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: I never win and tell.
1: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, nowadays, recruiting has added a lot of variables to <laughs> it, um, which is which is no problem. Um, but again, that, that wasn't the case back then, you know, that there, there weren't, there weren't photo shoots and, uh, we, you know, we didn't have Lamborghinis and, 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 <laughs> and Bentleys and goats on the field for visits. You yeah. know, you went to one restaurant and you just kicked it with the, with the guys and yeah. it's their job to recruit you. And, and that's what they were able to do.
0: Uh, how old are you coaching your early thirties? Uh, 29. Okay. So we were around the same age. I'm 30. So you get to you get let's, let's keep this thing flowing. You get to Michigan State. What was I always ask guys is too man. What was that big difference from that? Even though you went to a powerhouse, what was that big difference from that college, that high school <laughs> level, to against to university? Like you know, what, what was some of those things stand out right away?
1: For me, it was um, you know, honestly on a on a school side of things, it was it was the was actually harder. You know, and that's what everybody said at the coming back. They're like. Oh. Math is going to be harder academically than college. That's what they set it up. That ended up being true. Um, not that Michigan state was easy by any means. Uh, and when I went back to grad school, that was difficult as well. Um, but the academic piece, I was, I was ready for that. The football side of things, my first full workout with the team, and uh, you know, they break up skill, big skill, power to run and stuff like that. I looked over and there was quarterbacks bigger than me. Mm. And, they were kind of looking like, aren't you supposed to be running with the skills? You must be a DB. And I'm like, no, I'm a, I'm a linebacker. And they were like, oh, you got a long way to go. And <laughs> that was like my wake up call to be like, okay, you know, I'm used to being from, you know, it all from, from, you know, preschool to eighth grade. I was always the biggest kid in school by far. Then once you hit high school, you know, everyone's kind of caught up. The linemen were bigger, of course, like that. But I was still, you know. Big for a running back, big for a linebacker. You know, got to Michigan State at 205 pounds, and it's like, now nah, that's not gonna cut it, man. You know, I'll start middle linebacker 240. You know, you, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to put on some weight here to to keep up. Um, and then I went through my first fall camp without making a tackle. Period. No, didn't make a tackle. Um, and so again, it was eye opening because you you go from being being in a school like Dematha, you go from first team all conference. You know. Um, you know, a high level player, of course, number ten ranked player in the state. To you, you, you feel like you don't belong, like you can't hang at all. Um, let, so, let me
0: ask you this: because was that a mental drag for you?
1: Um, I, I think that because of of uh, the, the blessing that I had with, with my parents being realists, it it didn't weigh on me that much. Okay. You know, a little bit, of course. You know, you'd be lying if you said it didn't a little bit. You know, you kind of start thinking, you know, not not so much do I belong, but more so. I got a long way to go, but you know, my, my dad was always like, listen, man, you, you look at the roster and, and look at the guys that are in front of you. And I'm not saying don't go compete, but I'm also saying don't be calling home cause you're not playing, you know, yeah. like we're not, you, you gotta go earn this. You know, yeah. it might take you two to three years to be honest. Yeah. You know, again, you just got to look at that. You got to be realistic. And he said, you may break through early that that could happen. Um, but you got to control what you can control. You can control how in shape you are. Be the best, most conditioned person on the team. You can control what you're doing in this classroom. uh, You can control how much you know the playbook. And everything else will take care of itself. So I think that because I had that in the back of my head, I didn't have family that were like, why aren't you playing yet? You know, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. My dad was like, I'm going to be at every game, whether you play it or not. And, And having that level of support, that helps. And so I always hope that young folks have that level of support because there's a lot of pressure put on these kids nowadays you know they got their whole generation generation riding on them and yeah. to a, to an extent that's not fair you know because because yeah. you, you just don't understand like when you make that jump from high school to college it's not just that everybody's good it's that everybody's really good and some are great and you probably just aren't there yet but you'll get there but you'll get there
0: man there's some good stuff coach i love it and i love that you had that support system—a father that played D one ball, a mom that was educated. Because what I what I've come to find out, a lot of guys is that not I ain't gonna say a lot, but some when they go to college and they graduate specifically, they're the first one to graduate. No doubt, and, and, and whatnot. So you get to Michigan State, you know, like I said, the most winning this class. Uh, what what did it feel like winning, man? Talk, walk me walk walk me through some of those big team accomplishments you guys were able to, able to uh, achieve down there.
1: Yeah, it was special. It was special. Um, you know, it really it really kicked off for us in, in 2013. Um, you know, 2011 was was a big year for us. That was Kirk Cousins senior year. Mm. And he took us to the Big Ten title game. That was all of, uh, you know, my class 20, I think 25 out of 26 of us redshirted. So we didn't also have to worry about, you know, half the class is playing half the class ain't only one player, uh, my roommate. Tawan Jones played and he was somebody that came through the door six three two forty. You knew he was playing, you know, right away. Yes. <laughs> um, but, you know, we, we got to watch and learn uh, from somebody like Kirk and, and BJ Cunningham and Keith Nickel and Trenton Robinson and, and the guys that were leading those teams, Keyshawn Martin, they took us all the way to the, to the inaugural big 10 championship game. We played Russell Wilson in Wisconsin, came up literally just an inch short in that game, uh, but we're able to go into the Outback Bowl and beat Georgia Um, so that was the first taste of okay, you know, we got something rolling here. Then went to 2012 with what we thought was an even better team. Le'Veon Bell is in the backfield rolling, our defense is great, and we end up going seven and six. Um, Mm. lost, I think, you know, five games by a total of 13 points. Um, so we're losing games by one, two, three points. Um, and then going into 13, that senior class uh, led by Darque who who's unanimous All-American, won the Thorpe, still with the 49ers now, um, and all the leaders on that team, they said this is going to be the year that, that we win the Rose Bowl because that, that was the big There's no playoffs yet. Mm-hmm. So the, one, the big thing for Michigan State, the Big Ten, is you win the Rose Bowl. Um, yeah. uh, national championship, of course, but you win the Rose Bowl. And uh, Coach D, you know, he took a trip to, to, the, to Cali. And uh, he he recorded a a video for us in, in at the Rose Bowl saying you will be the ones. I um, mean, that was only showed to us. Um, so you know, fast forward to the end of the season, we end up beating Stanford. We end up beating Ohio State in the uh, Big Ten Championship game. We beat Stanford in the Rose Bowl. We went thirteen and one that year. We all still say if we if there was a playoffs that year, we would have been national champions. Um, you know, I have no doubt we were the best team in the country that year. Only game we lost was against Notre Dame, and there were some. Uh, some bogus pass interference calls in that game, just to say the least. Um, yeah. That film, but you know that was a game we where we beat um, you know the school down the road pretty handily, um, and that was a minus forty eight rushing yards game um, as a defense. Um, and yeah, you know beating Ohio State, who was undefeated in the in the uh, Big Ten champ- championship game, and then actually winning the Rose Bowl, um, which which I was fortunate enough to to be um, you know make the game winning tackle in, in the Rose Bowl as a sophomore that then propelled us to go, you know, go bananas for the next couple years. So, you know, 2014 went 12 and two and won the Cotton Bowl uh, against Baylor. The only two losses that year were against Oregon and Ohio State, who played the national championship that year. And we have fourth quarter leads in both of those games. Um, And then 2015, my senior year, won the Big Ten again uh, and played Alabama in the uh, college football playoffs. Um, And it came up short there, but just to make it was a big accomplishment. So. My last three years, we went thirty-six and five over that three year span and finished in the top five every single year. Um, so to go out, you know, on top, to go out a Big Ten champion as a captain as well. Um, it's just special. So we won 43 games as a class, which is the most all time and, and still is the most all time.
0: That, that's big, cause you said a whole lot right there. Um, but I want to ask you a few questions within that. What stands out about the guys that go on to have, let's say, NFL careers? So you got Kirk Cousins, you got Le'Veon Bell. Uh, talk to me about that. And then who was on that Ohio State team back then? Because you know those guys are usually pretty loaded. Who do you remember on, on the play? You know, on that team?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, the guys that are, that are in the league now that are still in the league. Um, I mean, just their resiliency and their their ability, you know, shine through in college and is shining through now. You know, Kirk Cousins was the first. Uh, NFL player ever to sign a fully guaranteed deal. You know, it's special having somebody like that come from Michigan State. Um obviously Le'Veon Bell, you know, what he did in in his in his days, especially in Pittsburgh, he's the best running back in the league. You know, it was, nope. it was undeniable. Um, you know, Will Ghoston, Super Bowl champ going into year 10 yeah. in Tampa Bay. Um, you know, Brian Allen still in the league now, just won a Super Bowl last year as the starting center, you know, for, for Matt Stafford and the Rams. Uh, Darquez and Zanar going into the year, I believe, eight for him now uh, with the 49ers um, Tabor peppers are starting long snapper for the 49ers. I mean, it just goes on and on. Um, Trey Waynes, you know, he was my roommate. Uh, he just retired after a, after a seven year career, you know, where okay. um, as a first round pick, Jack Conklin's all pro was all pro as a rookie, you know, first team wow. rookie um, and, and, you know, was, was a member of, of my team as well. So, just to be able to watch those guys—that's why I love right now. Really, not having a, a team I specifically root for. I just watch my guys, you know. Yeah. And to know so many of these guys that are having these stellar careers, and to know the relationship that that we all have is special. Um, it really is. Um, and yeah, I mean, those Ohio State teams were loaded. You know, um, you know, 20, 2013 was was Braxton Miller at quarterback. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Carlos Hyde was at was at running back. Um, huh. um Brian Shazier at linebacker. Um, you know, 14 was, was JT Barrett, um, Ezekiel Elliott burst on the scene that year. Um, Braxton was still there. Mike, uh, Michael Thomas, uh, and then their loaded defense, you know, 15, when we we beat them at Ohio state, um, they had 36 draft picks on that team. Um, yeah, you know, JT Barrett, Ezekiel Elliott, um, Michael Thomas, again, um, Joey Bosa, Darren Lee, Joshua Perry. Um, I believe Lee Hooker was on that team. Like it just did. It, it's it. I mean, every position they had was pretty much a drafted player. It, it was unreal. With the talent they had.
0: Let me stop you real quick. Coach. What do, and I've asked, uh, I guess i talked to so many different guys. I forget who, but I asked somebody, what is it about the, and y'all are building. I, I believe y'all have been a program where you're going to have these, these types of talent, but what is it specifically about those good teams that stand out? Is it just talent? Is it size? Is it speed? Cause you said even y'all played Alabama, what is it about those teams that really stand out from a standpoint of you being on the field with them? Yeah,
1: I mean, I think that the size and the speed is, is definitely there. You know, that, that's what we ran into with, with Alabama in 15 um, was just, you know, it, it was it was size and speed, you know, um, outmatched at certain positions. And that can happen. It is what it is. You know, and we we, we did our, you know, we, we did what we could. Um, and and I, I don't think the score of that game was pretty, it was indicative of the entire game. I think we held our own really well, but, you know, sometimes you're just a little overmatched. Uh, but also, you know, the discipline um, and and in the leadership, you, you can't overlook those those intangibles as well. Um, so that's why, of course, recruiting is so big, uh, obviously, in collegiate sports. But that's why it is the lifeblood of your program. Um, you 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 cannot coach bad players to play good. <laughs> you just can't do it. Um, and, and and as we as we say here good players make you a good coach great players make you a great coach you have yeah, to get players into your program and so that's why recruiting is is what every program pours the most resources into because yeah. it's that next level of folks coming in that's going to be the benefactors of of your program
0: yeah we're going to talk about we're about 30 about 25 28 minutes in we're gonna we're gonna talk about that post career, which is what I really want to get into, but I had to I had to lead it up and frame it right. But before we do that, what what stood about what stood out about Coach D? Any any little lessons about him? With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo when we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. Oh man. Yeah. Just an unbelievable man. You know, somebody I still talk to uh, frequently. Um, Just, he, he cared about his people. You know, he always used to say, he like, I want to walk amongst the people. I want to be amongst the people. Uh, And and so he's somebody that you can always take a lot of nuggets to uh, from um, and, and pour into your life. Now, you know, he used to, to show us, you know, video on the blue vase, which just makes basically means, you know, without going into the whole story of that, get, get it, get it done by any means possible. Uh, He used to always tell us to be a light, you know, to be able to to be a light to others, Um, you know, uh, complete your circles. That's something he got from his father. You know, it just means finish what you started. Um, So, you know, those lessons that he taught us, I mean, that that's how I live my life is based on lessons I learned from Coach Antonio. I still have my gold card from when we played Ohio State in 2015. It's still in my car. What's
0: the gold card, Coach?
1: Uh, So we used to do goal cards every week leading to the game. So you would you would write down your five goals for the week. They could be life related, football related, academic, related, whatever you needed for that week um, to get you through. So I, I, you know, I play in Ohio State in 2015 without our quarterback, you know, without our our superstar quarterback and against a, a juggernaut on their senior day in Columbus in the shoe for us to win. A game. I was like, I gotta keep this goal card for the rest of my life. So it just sits in my car, something I look at every day. And you know, and the first thing on there that I have is be a light. Um, and that's something that he'll still tell us to this day. You know, when we are, uh, when we're, we're at a community function or anything like that, he was like, you were a light for these people today. Um, so he's just a he's a uh just a great man, you know. And what a career, you know, all time witness coach in Michigan State history. What he did at MSU is, is I mean, he deserves to have a statue built of him for sure. Um, and just to have the opportunity to have played under Coach Antonio and now work under Coach Tucker it is no two better men in the ranks of, of college sports.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. He he really kind of to me changed that program around. Now let's post career, Coach. And I really want to lead up to, to to where you are now, man. But how did you post post football career or after college, should I say, how did you lead up to now? I know you got that master's degree, but yeah. that's kind of Ease into that phase because I, I'm really fascinated
1: about that. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, I always had it in my head, you know, I don't want to be the the former player that, that, that is lost, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: And it's tough because you're always going to go through that identity crisis yep. where, where it's not, it's not so much that you see yourself as only a football player, it's people see you as a football player. So yeah. every time you run into somebody, and I told, I told my freshman this last week, and it happened to me again a couple of days ago. Anytime you run into somebody, they're going to ask you about the times where you suited up in whatever colors that they rooted for. So for me, everybody asks about the Rose Bowl. That's all anybody ever wants to talk about. Wow. And it's not dif- more difficult to have a conversation if you don't have something else going for you. Yeah. So if you are stuck trying to figure out what's next and people only – Uh, affiliate you with what what has been it makes it really difficult to move on because you're like is is this all that anybody's ever going to see me as? um whereas if i'm if you're at a point where you're like you've 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 moved on you you've started a new career and something else you're building something new you can have those conversations about the past but you also know that i'm at the end of the day i may have made that person's day by talking to them and now i can go home to what i got that makes my day but if you don't have anything else that makes your day They're going home happy they talked to you. And you're standing there like, that's really all you wanted from me? You know, I'm sitting here. I need some help. And all you want to do is ask me about a play I made nine years ago. You know what I mean? That's good stuff. It is.
0: And to me, Coach, Coach, not to y'all, but to me, Coach, that's one of the – to me, the value of of trying to get an education or knowing a little bit something maybe what you want to do outside of ball so you're not just one-dimensional. Would you kind of agree with that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and that's why I'm in the role I'm in now. You know, that was the main reason I wanted to be in this role is to not so much, you know, I don't want to harp on the, the procedures of people that make it pro and, and don't and all of that. I just say everything's the same. It's all one track of success. So we should be creating your holistic uh, experience in Michigan State so that you aspire to play National Football League, leave with two degrees, get in the community and build your network and build your brand and have success with NIL all at the same time. You don't have to pick one or the other. You know, um, and I think that we get stuck into that because every all of these kids coming in, they've all heard that ninety nine percent of you all aren't going to make it to the NFL, get your degree, this and that. And they're like, I, I'm not one of those ninety nine percent, you know, yeah. so if you start talking to them about that and you, you start you keep hitting them. With, well, only one percent in this room is going to make it. They're going to be looking around like sucks for you all. But I ain't that one percent. I'm going to make it. So you gotta talk to them a certain way. You gotta say we know you're gonna make it, but that doesn't mean you still don't need to do all those other things.
0: Now, coach, you you got that master's degree, which I mean, I, I and when I hop on that, to me, that those type of things are are really big, you know, because you guys are more than athletes. You know, LeBron said it all the time. and I think that's true. You get that master's degree, and then you come back to Michigan State. How did that? How did that happen? And then walk me through that transition back to Michigan State from a on the personnel side and. We'll, we'll eat at that a little bit, then we'll wrap it
1: up in a few minutes. Yeah, I mean, it, w- it wasn't immediate um, from from coming back full-time. It was immediate to, to come back and get my master's degree. You know, I felt like, uh, why waste time in the off-season, you know, only training when there's all this time to do something else? So immediately, you know, when when it was, I knew it was coming to an end with, with Cincinnati, I went to uh, my, my – academic advisor from when I was at Michigan state and said, Hey, can I be a graduate assistant in academics in the off season? I'm still playing ball, but can I be in a graduate grad assistant in the off season? And can I, you know, um, you know, and then I went to the master's program and said, can I only do this in, in the spring semester? I'm sure neither have probably been done before, but I don't want to waste this time. And I know ultimately I, I want to learn this side of the business for when I'm done playing and I want to earn my master's degree. Fortunately, both of them agreed. Um, And so i was actually a ga while still being a professional athlete which i'm not sure if that's in before but i felt like you know from january to may what are you doing besides training you know you're not you're training 12 hours a day so there's plenty of time to go to class get your studying done and train um Mm -hmm. and then at this point I'm, i'm in the cfl now so the way the cfl works you, you leave in, in May and then go up, you play June and November, and then you, you're you back home. So it worked perfectly in terms of being a GA in the spring semester. So I did that for two years, 2017, 2018, when I finally, you know, tore my hamstring for the second year in a row on the same day of camp doing the same drill. I was like, OK, this is God telling me you're done. You, you got to move to something else or Else, it's going to keep happening. Um, so what,
0: let me let me ask you this coach. What what did cause I and I don't I don't want to gloss gross over this, so I'm glad you mentioned it. What did you learn from the NFL? Even if it was a short brief period, yeah. uh, what was that experience like for you?
1: Uh, it was a great experience, you know, just to have made it to, to be able to say I put on an NFL jersey, but you know mm-hmm. it's a business. Yeah. And, and, and I think at that point you you really start to learn a lot about yourself. You learn about, you know, how resilient are you gonna be and are you going to let uh, uh circumstances that are out of your control, you know, kind of determine your fate. You know, so for me going to Cincinnati, you know, I thought I played well enough to to stick around and and to have a a ten year career, but it didn't work Mm. out that way. Um, and then the goal was to go up to the CFL for two years and come back be in NFL again. You know, and I had a great experience in the CFL too, living in another country, um, you know, almost learning another culture, uh, met some great folks up there as well. Uh, but again, you know, sometimes things don't work out like like you think they are, um, because it's not your plan. You know, mm. uh, it's, it's not your plan at the end of the day. And and my plan was not ultimately, you know, what I learned was not to be a 10 year NFL player. Um, my plan was to, to find my way back to Michigan State to help this next generation of student athletes. And once I was locked on that and accepted it, it, made it easier to, to, to transition.
0: Well, now walk me back through that 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 first introduction back to, to Michigan State as a you know on that personnel side of things and what was that call like what was that process like?
1: Yeah, it was you know it was unexpected. Um, you know, I was I was working for Quicken Loans, not Rocket Mortgage at the time. Um, I had just finished a year at Big B Coffee, which our local it's a local coffee chain that's a competitor to Starbucks uh, in marketing. Um, was, uh, I was also did, did you I hate was, it? No, I didn't at, I didn't. at all. Um I actually really,
0: so some, some guys, coaches and stuff that like high school coaches they say, man, I work corporate and i I did not like it. I had to get into coaching.
1: <laughs> no, I, um I enjoyed learning the business of just business in general. It was a good experience for for a long term, you know, thirty, forty years, I don't know. you know, I think but if if I didn't get back into sports, I would have you know, entrepreneur or something shifted to something else. Um, And also at the time I was coaching high school balls, coaching high school development as well. So I was still had my fix of football, but it wasn't to this level. Um, And I didn't even, I didn't really have my, I, I had my eye kind of from a distance on getting back to Michigan state, but with college athletics, there's just so many, so few spots. Yep. And so there just wasn't anything available from a full time standpoint in Michigan state. When I finished my master's, when I was done as a GA. And so had to get a job, you know, uh, I had been, I was working big B and doing a GA and doing my master's at the time. Cause football was done. Um, that last uh, couple semesters of my master's. Um, and I was just going to stick with that ended up moving, um, to downtown Detroit and, um, you know, got a role of Quicken loans, uh, now rocket mortgage, uh, and was there for a month. And then all of a sudden coach D retires. And we didn't know what was coming. Yeah. So Coach D retires, um, you know, I get a call uh, from from the athletic department, not about a job, but just about kind of trying to get a, a sense of what former players are looking for in a new coach. So I gave him wow. as, as somebody to represent kind of my era. Um, and again, didn't, didn't really think anything of it. You know, a day went by and then I was like, you know what, maybe this is an opportunity for me. So at the time they were narrowing down the search, I ended up calling back saying, hey, I'm ready to come home if it works out. Um, long story short, you know, Coach Tucker gets hired. I end up in East Lansing for a different event. And uh, athletic director, uh, who now the athletic director, deputy athletic director at the time, Allen Haller, he says, why don't you go over to the the, the weight room and meet Coach Tucker? Because um, he's touring the weight room as our, as our new coach. So I go over there and meet him for the first time in my life. Um, and this is on like a, fr- a, a Friday, you know, a Friday, Saturday um, he says he needs help with everything off the field, and by midweek that next week, I'm signing hiring papers um, while telling Quicken Loans, "I'm sorry, I know it's been a month <laughs> a professional, but I gotta go take my dream job." So my it really was like a week turnaround from having no idea that this role was going to even be available to deciding, you know, planning my move back to back to East Lansing. Now, Coach,
0: talk like. Walk me, talk about, you know, well, you don't have to talk about me or in this particular part, but talk about how you guys building this thing. And I know it, it, when I did, did a little reading on you, I feel like you had uh, you had a few different job titles at Michigan State, right? On, on the personnel side. No. Sorry. I, I said I was doing a little reading on you. I said, did you have a few different job titles on the personnel side like, since you've uh, been back?
1: Yeah. So this is. Yeah. I'm okay. almost
0: so try, right. Kind of walk through those titles a little bit and just, just walk through what you guys are building. Like I said, because on the outside, man, I am just so fascinated with the scope man it's like a well i don't want to disrespect coach d but it's like going from a smaller plane to a big jet man and i just i'm just interested in how you guys are building this thing
1: yeah so you know i came in director of player engagement you know my main role is going to be player development um you know all the off-field programs for the player side and it's grown now to where i am now as director of player relations and program advancement where i'm still uh, running player development but also doing alumni engagement university community outreach Um, And and then some brand strategy as well, uh, as as well as kind of overseeing and the education NIL education for our football football players. So, um, you know, we we are we're growing a a pretty comprehensive machine under Coach Tucker, again, because he's he's bought into everything that has to do with the current landscape of college athletics, the branding piece, the NIL side of things, the marketing piece, the development side uh, alumni, all of those things. So, um, you know, a lot of his, uh, a big, he just worked life, you know, for example, um, player development side of things, he was like, you know, we need the most comprehensive financial literacy program in the country. Um, so now instead of we, us doing something once a year, we do some five weeks, you know, we actually have our final session of that, uh, tomorrow. You know, from alumni standpoint, he said alumni, former players are the backbone of our program. Um, so we are running uh, what I dub Spartan Dog Con. We're doing that for the second year in a row coming up this weekend. We have 170, uh, 170 former players coming in for the weekend, Friday, Saturday, um, to, to actually get programming. So that they're, they're going to hang out. We're going to have a good time. But they're going to get strength and conditioning, uh, health and wellness sessions. They're going to get uh, a session on sleep. Um, they're going to get a session on fatherhood, faith, family, uh, uh, fatherhood. Um, faith, um, leadership, and legacy. Um, wow. And and so, you know, making sure we're pouring into our former former players. Um, and then from a creative standpoint, um, you know, making sure our brand is strong, making sure we're, we're, we're diving in different things, the metaverse, you know, 3D, virtual reality, all these crazy things that are our, our, our people are talking about right now, we're, we're tapping into it. So um, I get to hit a lot of different initiatives, which is what makes my, my job a lot of fun. Uh, for me, it doesn't feel like work. You know, it, it's now, really now, it's a pleasure.
0: Now, Coach, how, how is like what's this brain trust like? Do you guys got a group of 10, group of 15, a group of 20? And then also I'm a nerd, man. So I love this. This stuff that I probably don't think is interesting. I love like, it. Then yeah. then <laughs> how do you guys what's that meeting process like? Are you meeting, you know, two or three meetings a day? Uh, talk to me a little bit about that and talk to me about Coach Tucker's philosophy as well.
1: Yeah, so I'd say from a, from a, from a kind of a, what we call a mission control standpoint, uh, it, it is not that big of a team. You know, uh, We have a general manager, Saeed Khalif. He's our GM um, an executive director of player personnel. He really runs the, the day-to-day operations of the office. Um, I meet him multiple times a day on all of these initiatives. Um, when it comes to player development and alumni engagement, um, I, I get to work alongside uh, Dr. Lorenzo Guess. Uh, he also works in the weight room as our associate head. Uh, strength and conditioning coach um so i get to work with him on, on the player development side of things pulling programs together uh and things of that nature and then working with our creative team and and other folks we bring in from a consultant standpoint when it comes to brand and brand strategy um in conjunction with the athletic department so yeah the brain trust i would say really is actually honestly not that big um i would say it's upwards of you know on it on a day-to-day basis probably really no more than five people that are really making the the decisions and, and and putting things into action. Um, and Coach Tucker likes it that way for now. You know, keep a tight knit circle, um, so that so that things can get done at at a, at light speed. Uh, he loves to move fast, and I think it's just a lot more efficient if it's a lot less people to get things done at at a faster rate. So more we have to do on an individual base, but we're able to get it done at the pace that he wants to move it.
0: What are, what what is uh Michigan State? You guys did something. I don't know if it was. I don't want to say it's agriculture. You guys did something, coach, that, that 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 kind of blew me away. What what is Michigan State known for, coach, on the academic side of things?
1: Yeah, so definitely agricultural school. Um, okay. It's the okay. largest land grant college in the country, uh, meaning that it's the largest country that gives opportunities to all uh, in, in the country. Um, yeah, definitely from an agricultural standpoint, it used used to be the Michigan Agricultural College MAC okay. uh, it was a former name of the school. Um, You know, we're number number one in secondary education. Um, Our business college is top notch. We're number one in packaging, packaging engineering um, and number one in supply chain Um, and the master's program. I graduated from uh, marketing research, number one marketing research program in the country as well. So um, top 100, you know, university in the world. Um, and, and really, you know, we have a lot of opportunities, um, you know, from, from what we like to say, anthropology to geology, you can do it all here at Michigan state. And we present those, those options to our players as well. You know, I think that's one thing that separates us also, uh, and not to say that all schools do this, but we don't just, we don't slap three to five majors down and say, you got to pick from these. We, we say, you tell us what you want to major in and we'll make it happen for you. So uh, our student athletes have an opportunity to really explore what they're interested in.
0: Now, coach, we're going to get ready to wrap it up, but I'm loving this, man. I, like I said, I'm a nurse, so I'm, I'm picking your brain. So I hope you got a few more minutes for me. Um, um, two things too. I seen the 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 uh, I think the road with uh the defensive Crawl on the field, coach. I seen yeah. the goat on the field. I seen. In fact, I'm gonna tell you something, coach. And, I, and this is not blowing smoke. I think you guys have the greatest marketing team. Currently in college football, I mean, I but talk so, so the question I'm asking, who is kind of over some of those ideas because I think they're very creative. Yeah. And then, what areas do you guys want to want to recruit, or is this a national thing? Is this a Detroit local thing? Is this an Ohio thing? Talk to me a little bit about that. And then, third, if you can remember all these questions, speak to me about that trip y'all did down there to Alabama.
1: Yeah. So, uh, from a from a recruiting standpoint, we're we're nationally recruiting. You know, we're okay. nationally recruiting. Um, of course, you know, we take care of home and, and want to pull a lot out of the state of Michigan, but we're on a national scale recruiting. Um, there's nowhere we won't go and there's nowhere we won't find great players at. Um, yeah, I'd say from that marketing standpoint, you know, honestly, it starts with Coach Tucker. You know, he, he has big visions and then he, you know, tells us and we go execute him. So, you know, the cars, um, the goats, you know, that comes from Tuck. Um, and of course, a lot that, you know, Saeed and myself will bring to the table. Uh, and we'll find ways to 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 you know build our brand and put it out there. Uh, and and it shows up, you know, you can see, you know throughout the month of June, we're second in 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 Twitter impressions uh, in the entire country, fourth overall on social media. second year in a row we were top five um, wow. during the month of June. So it's definitely working. There's eyeballs on Michigan state for sure, for sure. Okay. Um, and we're just gonna continue to build, you know, um, you know good good good, bad and different from a public per- persona. We're having fun. The recruits have fun when they come on these visits. The families have fun. And that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Um, and then, yeah, the, you know, the, the trip to, to, to down to, to Alabama, um, you know, I um, wasn't able to to attend that. You know, it's my my daughter's first birthday party was that Saturday. Um, okay. But uh, just hearing the recap from our players that went, um, they said it was a life-changing experience. Coach Tucker was the only head coach uh, in the conference that went. Um, and I think that speaks volumes, you know, That does to have uh, a head football coach there, um, and to have him be able to reflect on that experience, especially as a black man, uh, in, in this country and, and as a, a black coach. And we know how few there are, um, it's just special. And, and so, you know, I'm thankful to Dr. Ashley Baker, who's our uh, chief of diversity, equity, and inclusion in, in our athletic department for, for helping to pull that trip together with the big 10 and, and inviting us to be a part of it. Um, you know, we, had, I'd already, I'd gone down to Atlanta for the NIL summit and previously the Houston for the black student athlete this summer. So um, she was a, she was a big piece of that as well as um, you know, we now have representation at these events also. So I'm really looking forward to, to hopefully joining next year on that trip. Um, you know, we're going to have some recaps put out there and things like that. Um, but it, it was life-changing for us student. Not just hearing them recap it, you know, coming back, um, you know, for Spencer, Malik, and, and Trey that went down there from a football standpoint. Um, and, again, yeah, just, you know, again, Coach Tucker being the only head coach uh, that, that went, you know, that's profound. It's profound. Yes, it
0: And it kind of speaks to the cultural aspect of what you're building because, you know, we're in a time now where everybody can be social justice warriors, but yep. those who are walking the walk, to me, they will separate themselves from the others who are just – saying different things i'm gonna get ready to wrap it up coach what the is a big deal i don't want to necessarily dive into it but um how how is it from a college perspective on the like um the donations and getting people to give how does that work i don't know if you know about it but how does that type of stuff work at the college level do you know about that
1: yeah i mean you know you got to be a a a Excellent fundraiser as you are a recruiter, you know, as a coach. And Coach Tucker certainly is that. Um, so we, we have an extensive uh, uh, donor relations team, Spartan Fund, within our athletic department. Um, and pretty much everything that that runs, you know, our program, the athletic department, is is through fundraising, through development. Um, and whether it's building a new facility, which we're in the middle of doing right now.
0: Um, oh, what are y'all building, Coach? You can't just drop that on me like that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. So, you know, it's it's keeping up with the Joneses. So, you know, we we're under construction right now, uh, building an entire new uh, football facility, adding on to what we have now. Um, and it's gonna be done next summer. It's gonna be the Tom Izzo football building. Um, ironically, you know, named after our basketball coach. Basketball coach. <laughs> yep, it's be pretty cool. Wow. Um, but yeah, you wow. know, development is is huge, you know, for the entire athletic department. And uh yeah, our 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 donors are diehard Spartans, and, and in, in it for the long run, um, Coach Tucker has come in and been a masterful fundraiser as well, and uh, it, we're, we're reaping the benefits for sure.
0: So what do you think those donors want to see the program in, in the sense of – because I had a guy from uh, – a good brother from Minnesota talking about that that also worked in, in, in a fundraiser at his time in Minnesota. Like, what do those donors want? Is it a relationship? Is it access to the program? What do they want to see that kind of can compel them to give?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that first and foremost, they want to see success on, on the field and off the field. So they want to see student athletes graduating uh, and they want to see wins and they want to see championships won. Um, and then, you know, on a personal individual level, you know, access, of course, which they they get, you know, whether it's yeah. through suites, uh, uh, you know, coming on trips to games, tickets, um, access to the field, you know, uh, full game passes, all those types of things. It's all packaged and tiered and all of that. But I think first and foremost, especially in Michigan State, um, with, with the generosity that we have from, from our donors, it's just about the success of the student athletes on and off the field. So um, they know that they're creating um, better leaders of tomorrow, more college graduates, more alums of, of Michigan State University, and leading to uh, us winning championships.
0: Let's wrap it up with this, man. It's been a banger. Talk to me, Real quick, talk to me about what are you guys building at Michigan? What, what's the goal? Where you want to take it? And then what advice would you give to young guys who kind of want to Eventually do what you do. And that's it. We'll cut this thing off.
1: Yeah. So we're, we're building a championship program. Our goal is to finish number one every year. Um, And I, I don't know if I can, I can say any more clear and concisely than that. Uh, and for anyone that, that wants to get, you know, in, into this crazy world of athletics, um, you know, the number one thing I can say is you got to be a problem solver. You know, don't, don't be a solution finder. You know, we got a phrase around here as well. You know, don't, don't bring me a problem for the solution. Find a way to get it done. Uh, If you can, if you can be a problem solver and and you can have um, if there's because the solution's already decided, Mm -hmm. that's what the head coach wants. So if he says he wants this done, that's the solution. Now we got to backtrack and figure out how to make it happen. Don't come with, you know, a a bunch of reasons why it can't just figure out how it can. Um, And then you also got to drop the fandom. And that's one of the hardest things, I think, for especially for young folks to do, especially when they're, you know, trying to intern or or, um, you know, volunteer with us, um, be student workers, is the fandom's got to be dropped once you step into this building. You know, you can, you can be a fan outside of the building, off hours, on hours you're here to work. Um, mm. it not be mesmerized by being around Coach Tucker, or being around the players, or being in this environment, because we're here to get stuff done. So I think that, he, and that it even has to go with people that graduate and, and move forward. Like, because we're all fans of our school, you know um but we're also here to work you know to win games so that the fans can be happy so i would say be a problem finder uh problem solver um don't be a solution finder and then drop the fandom when you're you're ready to take this leap
0: 51 minutes in sporting dog on a podcast that is another edition of the hood scout podcast this was a really good one coach thank you for spending just about an hour with me uh you know generous of your time and uh, i'm gonna be posting clippings and uh tag you in it. So, man, keep keep knocking it out and I'll be watching from down here in Texas.
1: Thanks, man. Appreciate you.
0: Take care. Bye. Bye.